0: Welcome back to the Fantasy Flavor Podcast, where we're up your daily dose of fantasy football content. Join Dylan Thomas, Sinat Sara, and Trenton Roberts as they provide you with player and team analysis, mock drafts, and one-on-one interviews. Hey, what's going on, Fantasy Flavor podcast, YouTube channel, viewers, listeners? My name is Dylan Thomas. I'm super excited to have you here today, um, joining us here for a question-and-answer session here with some of our fellow co-hosts. What are your guys' names?
1: Hi, my name is Sanatan. You have been hearing me. First time you'll get to look at me.
2: (laughs) Who doesn't love that face? (laughs) Thank you. Uh, And I'm obviously not Sanatan, so I have to be Trenton.
0: Justin couldn't join us here tonight, unfortunately. Here, but he's gonna start pumping out some solo content for us. We're super excited for that. But what we are gonna do here today is we're gonna do a question and answer. Let's just jump right into it here with our first question from Chalupa Batman thirty three and Sleeper: Thoughts on Brandon Cooks in Houston? How big, a, good of a move is this for him?
1: It it has to be better than what it was before. Like there, he was competing with two very good receivers, like Cup is Cup, and Woods. Both are very, very good. And um, if honestly in Houston, he the number one job is there for the taking. He can go and grab the number one job. Will he do do it? I'm not sure about that. How will he mesh with the offense? He he'll because of this coronavirus, he'll not be able to um, you know learn the playbook, miss the OTAs, and so many things. I'm not sure how it will impact in the longer run. Um, in the longer run, it will all be good, but in immediate immediate impact, could be um, not be great. Um, but yeah, it's better than what it was before.
0: Yeah, what do you think, Tron? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think it's a perfect fit for him. Uh, with Watson, Watson's the quarterback that likes to scramble around and make plays outside of the pocket. That's exactly where Cooks excels, like getting getting open after the quarterback breaks the pocket getting room for his quarterback. So I think he fits in perfectly with Watson's play style.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's definitely a good move in there for him. I think he could crack my top 30 wide receivers. I'm just worried about the concussions. Mm -hmm. Honestly. No, but aren't you
1: worried that Fuller has the same role as him?
0: I feel like Like, they'll feature... Cooks is better than Fuller. Maybe like a fully healthy Fuller. (laughs) But it's just kind of like... Cooks is really good. Let's let's not doubt Cooks. He's had like five 1,000-yard seasons. How many has Fuller had? None. So... The only concern for he hasn't me, though, played
1: f- more than four games.
0: <laughs> yeah, but exactly, Cux is proven and good, though. That's you know that, that is a knock on yeah. fuller health. So I think as long as he, he does have a lot of concussions, one more concussion, I think he's Jordan Reed. So that's kind of my concern there for Cux.
1: But be, yeah.
0: let's move on here to the next question from T. Laud inspired on sleeper. Does DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona hurt his fantasy value since he's switching teams with more competition and learning a new playbook in this current quarantine atmosphere? Trenton,
1: do you want to go first? us?
0: Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, if anything hurts his value, it's going to be more the quarantine. I've said it before on the podcast. I think that he is going to fit well with that team. His volume should remain the same, and his uh, talent level is obviously the same. Production is going to remain about the same. Uh, the quarantine and learning the playbook is going to hurt, but that is an air raid offense. He's going to get a ton of targets. Even He might even get more targets than he did in Houston. And even if he doesn't catch as many, he's going to be, there's going to be enough volume that he's going to perform. I mean, I I think
1: year one, it will be difficult, but starting from year two, it will will be same or even better. But year one, it will be difficult because uh, you already have Larry Fitzgerald there, Kirk is there, and then uh, uh, Kyler has some chemistry with them more than Hopkins. Hopkins again as quarantine will uh, impact all those players who are changing teams and the rookies that is what I believe
0: yeah definitely uh it's just kind of like we've seen OBJ kind of struggle switching teams the only guy I can think of recent memory well Brandon Cooks did it when he went to New England but also kind of Amari Cooper but Amari Cooper did they'd kind of have like that half a year to get adjusted so it's kind of rare for these lateral moves uh let's just mm-hmm. move on though, so we definitely think it could trend more down and you have a point there T. lot inspired. I feel like that's how we kind of are thinking, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So our next question here is from Super cooper FF on Reddit. It's a trade, okay? So team one gets DeAndre Hopkins in the 112 rookie pick. Team two gets Chris Godwin the 109 and the 209. This is a full PPR dynasty league but the team receiving Chris Godwin already owns Mike Evans. How do we feel about this trade? Who wins?
1: I don't care about if the team already has Evans. In in Dynasty, you always keep trading. You always make moves. So in, in the future, you you might be able to trade Godwin or Evans. I think the Godwin side wins here because Godwin is, what, three, four, three years at least younger than Hopkins, mm-hmm. and um, he has already... Proven last year what uh, he could do, and that's not going anywhere with Brady. Yes, it will, I think it will go a little bit down than what it was with Winston, but still, he will be great. And then he has that added three year advantage on uh, Hopkins. And then you are getting the better pick 109 instead of 112, and a second rounder, which in this year's class can give you a wide receiver too. So I think that's a pretty easy win for
2: the Godwin side.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'll let you go next, Dylan. I don't want you going last every time. I'll give you the chance to talk.
0: All right, thank you. <laughs> it It is close for me, but I, I, I don't like stacking wide receivers, but I do get Sanan's point of like trading. So I definitely would prefer the Godwin side. I also think the 109 to the 112 is a bigger jump than some will think in a one-quarterback league. Just kind of looking mm-hmm. at how my tiers, I think there's kind of like a clear top nine I'd prefer. So I think yeah. you're actually jumping up in a rookie pick tier there in a one-quarterback league for me. How about you, Trent?
2: Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have to lean the Godwin side too. But the one thing that really threw it over the edge, I, I think Godwin and the move up from the 112 to the nine is similar to D-Hop and the 112. But the thing that throws it over is that second-round pick because this year is so deep that those guys you're going to get in the second round are going to come in and perform for your fantasy team. Any Some guy you could pick there could be a fantasy star. That's how deep this draft class is, so even those later round picks are going to be huge.
0: Yeah, well said there. Definitely a deep draft class here, especially for wide receiver. Let's move on here to the next question from friend of the show, friend of the podcast, Philly fan, 206 on Sleeper. Could each person name one of their favorite by lows? Let's start off with you, Trenton.
2: Um, I'll have to go with Darius Geis. I mean, he, I I know you guys love him, Uh but he's just really injury, injuries over the past two years, but I believe this is his breakout year. He's going to come back. He's going to stay healthy and he's going to be a top 12, maybe top eight back.
0: How about you, Sanar?
1: For me, there are two. Basically, I think I'll name the one more who is cheaper. That's Paris Campbell. Uh, from the Colts. I think he's dirt cheap right now. And what happened last year, he did not have a competent quarterback. Uh, and then he got injured in between. Uh, this year, he has a better quarterback who likes to throw, uh, you know, in the middle area. And I think Paris Campbell will get the slot role um, yeah, for the Colts. And Rivers is much more competent than uh, Jacoby, So I think uh, he, he he can definitely do very good. In that offense, and he's very very cheap. The other one is David Montgomery. I no one is taking the job from him this year or in the future. I think uh, last year the offense was terrible. This year they will get better, and there will be more opportunities.
0: Yeah. So for me, my buy low would probably be a little more expensive than you guys. Just to mix up here, I really like Juju again this year. I think with Big Ben coming back, I think there's long concerns, long term concerns once he's gone. But Juju was incredible his sophomore year. What was it, like, over 1,300, 1,400 yards, something ridiculous?
1: 1,400-something, yeah.
0: Mm 1,400-something. I think he was a little on the touchdown department seven, but he was tackled a lot inside of the two-yard line. I remember that stat a lot. So he was incredible his sophomore year. His freshman year was also pretty, pretty good there for a rookie wide receiver. Mm -hmm. So Juju, Mm -hmm. um, he's expensive. Seven touchdowns is not
1: enough. uh, Not uh, very bad for wide receivers. Last year, the top one was 10 touchdowns, so I think seven is not bad.
0: Yeah, seven isn't bad. There's upside there, too, was kind of my yeah. point. So, well said there. But So, thank you for the question, Philly fan. We appreciate you supporting the show a lot. Let's move on here to our next question here from Paul underscore Ryan 15 on Twitter. Who is the most overhyped fantasy player right now?
1: For me, it would be Devante Parker. I think I like there are a lot, lot of lot of moving parts there. Um, I'm pretty sure that they'll get a quarterback. Uh, Fitz Fitzmagic might, you know, start three games, five games. You never know when he will, you know, start showing um, his signs of James Winston, He'll start throwing picks, and they will switch to the new quarterback. And what if the new quarterback doesn't have the same chemistry? The other thing is that Parker's um, targets you know, increased a lot after, uh, who was the, what Preston, was the Williams. The rookie? Yeah, Preston Williams got hurt. So, and he will be back. They will definitely add a wide receiver um, or two. In fact, uh, they will show up their offense. I'm not that high on Parker uh, that others are. He might still pan out, but
2: I think he's overhyped at this time. How about you, mm-hmm. Um, Mine is one that I know you guys like as well. <laughs> so it's going to be harder for you but uh Aaron Jones um that oh. touchdown total from last <laughs> year is unsustainable he's uh that backfield is more of a committee i mean sure he had a lot of he has great touchdown totals and he did great overall but it still is a committee backfield and uh those numbers are going to go down he's not going to be that rb2 off of 16 touchdowns again He's going as high as I think I think he's going like about around RB5, RB6 No in drafts right now?
1: Not actually. He's not that hyped actually. I think he's going at his fair price. I think he's going around uh, running back 10, 12 somewhere around it's still there.
0: Potentially around 1 though. So No, not in dynasty, late, not rounds. Late first they have 14 man, league I could see it. Mhm i could see it.
1: i doubt yep. i doubt he goes mm-hmm. before late second in in um, in dynasty i haven't oh. seen that much yeah. in redraft you're right
2: yeah he's yeah, yeah. he's still a guy i only look yeah. at like yep the, i would only look at a late third early fourth Yeah, i just think I he regresses a lot, lot this year
0: yeah and they said they want to bring another running back too so there may be less touches mm-hmm. as well for me I haven't been the biggest on this guy and maybe i'm probably going to be proven wrong i don't know i'm not much of an austin Eckler guy now i think he's an incredible pass catcher but he had such high touchdown efficiency which i don't feel like pass catchers unless you're christian mccaffrey who's way more than a pass catcher have a lot of touchdowns right there's not many that's not really what they do they don't get many touchdowns a lot of the touchdowns he had were like no, uh, not sticky so what i mean where they're like outside yeah. the red zone so big plays very uh very year to year to year like we even saw it with Saquon this year he had a lot less touchdowns and he's like the best at doing it I think the other thing is I do think they could draft a rookie they improved their offensive line but Austin Eckler is still an undrafted guy and we just saw uh Trent for example love Philip Lindsay and Philip Lindsay has been great honestly he's been great like throughout his entire NFL career and they just replaced him with Melvin Gordon essentially they gave Mm -hmm. Melvin Gordon a lot of money so uh, they don't care about these undrafted players they have no commitment to them it's just like a signing off the street right so Austin Eckler, for me, I think his value is at his highest right now, and I try to sell him before the drop because I could see them bringing somebody in just to steal enough touches to lower that workload.
1: Yep, yeah. and also the quarterback change.
0: That's true, too. Uh, Philip Rivers um, targeted the running backs the most in the NFL last season. Yeah. Moving on here, we have a question from awesome 23 on Sleeper. Two-part question here. So let's just do the first part here first. Can each of you name one player that was the most hurt by a free agent signing?
1: Very easy. Phillip Lynch. I think he's Mm -hmm. toast. Gordon is going to take a lot of touches away from him. I think his his value hurts the most. And I don't really need to give any explanation. It's just very, very obvious.
0: Yeah, I'll go next here, actually. Mm -hmm. Jameis Winston. I know that's kind of a shocking one there, but Winston, like, even if we just talk about redraft here, he still had mm-hmm. like value, like because he's just gonna keep slinging it. I feel like we all thought Jameis was gonna stay in Tampa, so that's why I'm saying that. Like, I could, I didn't see the uh, Bronco signing Philip Lindsay. That's a great one, but for me, Jameis kind of shocking that he's is he hasn't even signed yet either. That's kind of another factor there. How about you?
2: I want to merge my answer with the second part of the question.
0: Okay, okay, because
2: they they're correlated.
0: All right, sure. So the second part of the question, we'll start it off with you then. Can you name one player that was helped the most by free agency?
2: So player that was hurt the most? Uh, sure, That it's not really hurt a ton, but I feel like his uh, numbers and stuff overall drop. Mike Evans, player that helped was helped the most? Chris Godwin. Tom Brady is that quarterback that throws short intermediate passes. When you look at that offense, Chris Godwin was the guy that was a short intermediate guy. He just cut across the field, got those little targets, and made something out of it. Mike Evans, they used more as their deep threat red zone guy. So with Tom Brady, he doesn't he throws deep enough, but he's getting older and he doesn't throw deep all the time, like you saw with Jameis Winston, who always aired it out. So I feel like it's Mike Evans is going to hand over the reins for at least this season to Chris Godwin as the clear wide receiver one on that offense.
1: Okay. we can debate about that. Um, my, my answer is everyone in Arizona. Kyler Murray gets mm-hmm. a huge pump. Uh, it also helps Drake because now they will not be able to... They were uh, Because of the scheme, anyways, they are not, not able to stack the box. But now even more. I think even the safety has to help over the top for Hopkins. So there will be a lot of attention on the pass catchers and Drake will have, you know, at least open lanes for five yards and then he has great burst to take it to the next level. So I think it will help him a lot and Murray, of course.
0: Yeah, for me, it's actually Baker Mayfield. Um, Baker really struggled and part of that was coaching. Part of that was himself throwing dumb, really dumb Jameis-level interceptions. But they brought in a right tackle, Jack Conklin. They brought in Austin Hooper. A pass catcher, whether you think Austin Hooper's flashy or not, right? He's probably better than Njoku is. And, and keep in mind, they didn't get rid of Njoku. So it definitely, it, no matter what helps him, mm-hmm. um, obviously, yep. Kareem Hunt's going to be back now too. I think the offensive line's going to help him out a lot. It could also help out Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt too. I feel like they dropped a, a left tackle with the 11th overall pick, so I'm kind of including that. But for me, it's Baker Mayfield. Yep. All right. Thank you for the great question. Moving on here to. Obi Sean Kenobi 91 on sleeper a little bit of long question in here how do you guys view running backs like Ronald Jones Darrell Henderson Singletary or quarterbacks like uh, Jarrett Stidham Tyrod Taylor and Superflex <laughs> guys who currently have the starting gig right they have the keys to the starting gig but could also be replaced in the draft do you try to sell them while they have some value do you hold and let the cards kind of fall into your hands or do you buy them as kind of like a lottery ticket and hope that they increase in value after the draft
1: yeah, but uh, I have different answers for everyone. I think for Henderson, I will hold him because I think um, he has the pass catching ability and that can be very, very um, helpful even if it doesn't get the rushing uh, job there. And for Ronald Jones, for um, Steedham, and who who was the other quarterback? Tyrod. Tyrod. I think, uh, yeah, I think I'll sell those. I am definitely sure that they will get replaced, each one of them.
0: I don't think Stenham gets replaced, but that's just what I'm hearing for the Patriots By next beat reporters. Year? I mean, I don't fair, think it's the long
1: term
2: answer.
0: Fair. I do think he gets the keys though, on like some like I can genuinely see like a singletary getting replaced. What do you what are you kinda of thinking about this question, Dretton?
2: Um hold, uh Singletary and Henderson. Yeah. I think you move on from Brojo. Uh but then Uh, tie rod you can either move or you can hold up to you but the real big question mark here is Stidham I think that you hold until right after the draft because I feel like as soon as the draft is over if the Patriots don't draft a quarterback his value is going to skyrocket but as of right now people are thinking like everybody's thinking that the Patriots are going to go quarterback and that Stidham won't have that job everybody's like the Patriots have to go quarterback if they don't his value skyrockets, but right now it's pretty low as is. So you you want to wait to see if it skyrockets, but I don't think it goes can go much lower than it already is.
0: Yeah, I'll kind of answer the question generally here. Most of you guys gave uh, really good like specific answers to like those players here, but I don't know what um, Obi shan Kenobi meant. So like, if I'm answering it like generally here, how I kind of view this is: how good is my roster? Right? Do I need? And how do you want to construct it? I'm going to give you kind of like a team building philosophy here. Can you risk this player like just dropping in value, right? Like, so let's just pretend it's Devin Singletary here. Sure. Devin Singletary, right? He could be really, really good if it's just him. But like if they draft Mm -hmm. somebody, his value just drops. So do you want to be safe? And do you want to sell him while his value is still higher than it could be? and get something like maybe a more safe player back Uh, you know whoever that might be i don't really have my rankings in front of me couldn't tell you but um or do you want to if you do risk it i mean if you have already like a lot of depth a good starting roster maybe you can risk it but it kind of depends on risk management so i'm sorry that isn't (laughs) really like a decisive answer but you're the whoever's watching this anybody you're the um you're the commissioner of your fantasy team so it's ultimately up to you don't listen to us, right? But we're not we're not your fantasy roster managers. So just keep that in the back of your head. It's your team, build it how you like, all right? All right. Okay. Um moving on here. Um we have a question from outside dash skirt on Reddit. Top 5 rookie <laughs> rankings in a one quarterback league PPR. I can actually start it off. I haven't started one off yet. Um so my one-on-one Jonathan Taylor Pre-draft here, just to keep that in mind. One o two is DeAndre Swift. One o three Cam Akers, One o four J.K. Dobbins. One o five C.D. Lamb, and I feel pretty confident about that.
1: I have the same ranking, except at one o five, I might change it to uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire I was thinking if he lands. About that. Yeah, if he lands mm-hmm. to a you know, okay team. Even I think he is very very good, and uh, mm-hmm. I I definitely believe that running back's value increases after year one and uh, wide receiver's value generally mm-hmm. decreases or stays the same yeah. after year one. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I would rather, um, you know, draft a running back and flip him after year one for that wide receiver and then some.
0: Okay, how about you, run? I feel like yours is going to be way different. <laughs> I'm excited for that. It is. It, it is. Will... But,
2: of course, all these names are going to flip after the draft, depending on landing spots. Mm-hmm. But my current top five, just based off of talent and position, is uh, Swift, Taylor. So those top two are the same, just flipped. Okay. And then my third is Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. Uh, fourth is the real curveball with Joe Burrow. I think he has that level of talent that even in a one QB league, he's wow. going to be that good. And then my my fifth is a toss-up between J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers.
1: Trenton never disappoints.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing the spice into the fan. <laughs> he adds some flavor to it. <laughs> and I, was, flavor. I <laughs> was
1: thinking that he he would say A.J. Dillon, but, you know, Burrow is even more <laughs> curveball than what he usually does. Or is A.J.
0: Dillon then, man, 106? Yeah. Anyways. Jeez, I mean, yeah, borrowed kind of shocking there. I wouldn't take a quarterback yeah. that early. I hope I hope you're in all my leagues. Just saying. Is. <laughs> Fortunately. But he doesn't
1: behave like that in our leagues.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I better see it come draft day. Alright, from Kelly Point ninety nine here on Sleeper. Where would you take Judy and Lamb in a startup?
1: I would
2: go around round six. Round six yeah how about you Trent? How about that? i'd go i'd go round five for judy and round seven or eight for cd lamb because i've said before i'm not <laughs> as high on cd lamb
0: okay they're probably around like my wide receiver like 20 ish range yeah. like wherever i had Nikhil, harry ranked, they're probably ranked similar i'm a little higher in cd lamb than harry but i'm a little lower in judy so mm-hmm. kind of like i think he was like my 23 so kind of like that range. So I don't know. What, it depends on how big the draft is. I'm not going to tell you around because ten man and fourteen man, right? That could skew it around or two. So. so
1: I mean, Harry was going around uh, round seven last year uh, in super flex. I'm not sure what one QB, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, but uh, if it is super flex, then same thing. Late late six uh, and early seven, and Harry was like consensus number one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last year. So he was even more higher. So again, yeah, mm-hmm. late six, round seven, then that ish. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Thank you for helping me out with that. All right, moving on here to um this is me. This person exists. Try trying to assume me the side eye here. and <laughs> Question from D. L. Thomas. Twelve, twelve, <laughs> on Twitter. Is the burl hype how for is real? It
2: not you. <laughs> Why How is it not you? My yeah. middle
0: name starts with a K. This person's is an L, but I represent mm-hmm. the 12, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I mean, let's start off with Trent here. Why isn't Burrow Hype real? I mean, you have your QB, fourth overall pick in a rookie draft, one QB, so.
2: Yeah, it's it's very real. He's, he's had the most dominant quarterback season in college football history. I mean, you don't see that. He's going to come in and he's going to be very good. And he's also going to the Bengals, which is a team with a lot of great weapons already. And A.J. Green, you have Tyler Boyd, who's pretty talented. You have John Ross, who showed out for a few weeks to start the season. And you have Joe Mixon in the backfield. He has a lot of weapons there. So I feel like he's going to start out really well, and he's going to do really, really well.
1: I think I've said enough in our quarterback landings uh, spot Mm -hmm. episode about burrow i just love him i think he'll be great
0: yeah go too. check that out if you haven't we broke those landing spots down really really deep uh i believe the running back one did really well so thank you guys for the support for me i think i think it is real like he is a pretty solid quarterback he's probably gonna be top 12 for me maybe maybe a little lower i think quarterbacks really good this year but the one question i have which is why i was shocked Trent had him rank so high is he went from average joe he had a season before this where he was just literally, like, I'm not just saying average Joe because his name is Joe Burrow. Like, he was literally average Joe. It was, like, the most pedestrian quarterback tape, quarterback stats. And he had all these weapons here before. He had Jamar Chase. He had Justin Jefferson as a sophomore. Jamar Chase is a freshman. So, he had Clyde Edwards Larry even. So, like, I think it's more Joe Brady than Burrow. Just That doesn't mean Burrow can be a bad quarterback, you know. But just keep it in mind. He like He's going to a place with weapons. So, I think it's a little hyped. I think if Tool was healthy, I'd take him over. Earl, though it's kind of where I stand on that,
2: definitely the better Brady,
1: yeah. And and uh, he, not to forget that he could not beat out Haskins for the Ohio, <laughs> Ohio State job, yeah, mm,
0: that, that's true. You know, Trent, Trent, Trent Trent's trying to like bust my balls, but I already deflated his, so oh, St. Burn. All right, next question here cool. Which rookie will make the biggest splash year one? I got this, whoever has the highest draft capital, I feel like. So whether that's Swift or Taylor, I feel like Swift might actually have the higher draft capital. I could, I, I, see Swift going in mocks ahead of Taylor. I still like Taylor more personally, but I think it could be Swift. I'll take the... But it could be Taylor if he's drafted around one. So it depends. Sorry. That's a bad answer. <laughs> I,
1: I think the safest, safest answer is Burrow because wherever oh. he goes, he'll start. Uh, but everything else is dependent on a landing spot. It's very difficult to answer it
2: right now.
0: I'm ready for this AJ Dillon.
2: I'll give you a generic answer. Whichever running back goes to the Chiefs. But I could also... I want to give another position, so I'll give Jerry Judy. But I Hmm. do have a big-time sleeper. Big-time sleeper, Denzel Mims.
0: Oh, okay. I was expecting I the really G's not sleeper ball. anymore.
1: He's not sleeper
0: anymore. <laughs> no, not the not the He is. He, um... But like, like, like sleeper wise, as in like
2: guy that you don't think is a top, like, t- five, ten, not not one guy that you think will go in the top half of the draft or qu- first round. All right, all
1: right. He is going first round.
0: It's first round, not in the top same. half. I mean, Snellhen is no, no, a he... photo of Denzel Mims in some lotion. No, <laughs> no, no.
1: I, I, I'm sure he will go first round. Book okay. it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, he's no, go, he's going to go
0: first Packers? round, but he's not going top Packers? half of the first okay. round. Okay, yeah. okay. All right, moving on here. Um, we're kind of going off for rookie talk. Um, thank you guys so much for listening so far. Here we appreciate it. Another question here from not me, DL Thomas twelve twelve on Twitter. A um, good friend, Justin, and Buck's friend. That's where the that question came from. Um, should we expect Marquise Hollywood Brown to have a big year this year? So let's start off with the Ravens fan. What do you think, Ravens expert?
1: Like big, if if you mean compared to last year, I think yes, because last year in general the wide receivers did bad, and uh, he yeah in general they were what? down. No no, yeah, no, yeah. no no no, this was
0: a horrific the... year for wide receiver. We had Terry McLaurin, last... we had Debo Samuel.
1: No no no, I'm I'm oh. saying the last year wide receiver scoring was down in general, so uh, oh, this okay. year it, it's okay. it's due for a bounce mm-hmm. back.
0: Yeah, but the so, yeah if you. Were...
1: Did... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you look just at the stats, maybe, of course, he will do better than last year. But I don't think what people are hyping up so much, I'm not that hyped up on uh, Hollywood because he's not the primary target there. And their philosophy is run, run, run. Uh, the quarterback runs, the you know fullback runs, the backup quarterback runs, uh, the, the running back, run, everyone runs around there. And then they, whenever they throw, they throw to all the weapons. Uh, they mm-hmm. spread out. So I'm not that high like the market is.
0: Um, I'm not as high either. I'm a little worried about his health and his list Frank injury. That um, has some yeah. long-term concerns. It just has some long-term concerns. Um, I've heard from some fantasy doctors. Um, he, I feel like he might be a better real-life player than fantasy football player kind of like how we see how we're kind of talking about Henry Ruggs kind of like him kind of like even like John Ross I think he's gonna have a better NFL career than like John Ross but yeah just kind of like their roles aren't the most fantasy producing Mm
1: -hmm. John Ross is the low bar
0: (laughs) yeah I'll, I'll say it's not gonna be like a huge year
2: but it'll he'll go over a thousand yards, over six touchdowns, or at least six touchdowns, be that's a top. That's a good 20. year. That's
0: a big year, that's man. A, that's a
2: good year, but that's not huge. That's huge, like you, man. Like next, like, there's gonna be wide receivers with 12, 1,300 yards. I think he just barely breaks a thousand, six or seven, maybe eight touchdowns. So, and he'll be in that top fifteen, top twenty wide receivers, but he's not gonna be. It's not gonna be a huge year.
0: Yeah. Okay. I I'd I'd be very happy as a Hollywood Brown owner if those yeah that if happens so.
2: thousand and
1: sixty eight mm-hmm. touchdown, that's pretty good to me.
0: Yeah, pretty good. Moving on here, we have a question from outside dash skirt here on Reddit. Does Josh Jacob catch passes next year? I'll actually start this one off here. I, I feel like talking a little bit more first. Um I have two points here I want to make. Um so there was running one running back that's gone now. Deon DeAndre Washington went to the rival yeah. chiefs. So I, yes, more pass catching opportunities kind of open up. He really wasn't being used much though when him and Jalen Rashard were, all three of them were healthy. though. that brings me to the second point. Jalen Rashard, um, is still there. They resigned him. And that was their third down passing, cut pass catching back, and he is Jalen Rashard is good at that. Like for real life football, he's good at that. So why are they going to take that away from him? But Mike Mayock did come out and say. They were purposely not using him much on third down to try to like slowly ease the running back into the system. So I just want um, owners to keep that in the back of their mind. So I don't know because the GM is saying this, but he's not the head coach. And then it's just kind of like they kept Jalen Richard. Why would you do that if you want Jacobs to be your three down back?
1: I think it was more of a pass blocking thing. Mm-hmm. He did not learn all the nuances of that and uh, Mayok is expecting that in in this off season he will learn uh, how to pass block better and then he can be the third because he, he was one of the most uh, you know dynamic pass catcher pass catching running backs to come out of college in recent years and uh, they, they are not giving him pass catching that's very very surprising so i'm pretty sure they signed jalen richard as a you know insurance policy that what if jacobs doesn't learn uh, how to catch passes, or if he gets injured, the amount of workload that he has. So I definitely think the pass catching increases by a considerable amount.
2: I'd, I'd say it's going to be more than last season for sure, but I still don't think he cracks that top 12, top 15. I think he's he's not going to be that PPR value. He's going to put up points on the ground, but he's not going to get you a ton of value in PPR.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate because he was a really talented pass catcher coming out of college, honestly. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sucks that the Raiders could really give him the keys and he could be like a top five fantasy running back, especially if that mm-hmm. line plays like they did last yep. year. Um, I don't. Actually, what happened to Richie Cogn- Incognito? Sorry, did I digress here? Does anyone know if he's still in the Raiders?
1: I think so. I uh, think they are retaining all the offensive line. Okay. linemen. Can someone the other thing them? is that
0: yeah. they do oh, yeah. not have
1: a wide receiver, which they will get this year and that will open i think he he faced a lot of stacked boxes last year so his rushing will definitely benefit and maybe receiving too
0: hmm do you have the answer i'm just curious um sorry side to yeah he's
2: here. he's still going to yeah
0: he's he's on the raiders still
2: he signed a 2 year 14 million dollar extension mm. with the raiders
0: okay okay i didn't know i couldn't remember so i remember yeah. he was a free agent or was going to be okay moving on here sorry question from tackle enabler 2 <laughs> on reddit few things here so the three running backs we're talking about here are Devin Singletary Miles Sanders and David Montgomery so mm-hmm. let's just quickly just kind of fire these off highest ceiling I think it's Miles Sanders yeah mm-hmm. we all agree on that okay lowest ceiling for me uh David Montgomery yes <laughs> highest floor Miles Sanders
2: yes mm I'll go with David Montgomery.
0: That's true. He does have more touches. I'll give you that. But I would th- no. say he has he has the lowest
2: ceiling and the highest floor. You know what you're getting with him. No, but uh, no uh, when you talk about floor, field, guys, we are not
1: we're go we talking about fans, fantasy points and he doesn't catch that many passes like uh, for a floor in PPR leagues, it's always the uh, the running back that catches passes. That's the floor we always talk about and that's why you always want to draft and mm-hmm. you know trade for a pass catching running back because they give you that you know, safe floor. Four catches, four points right there. So yeah. I think definitely Sanders is the safe I think floor Sanders
0: there. is safer too now because now he's not in a committee anymore. And we saw how good he was uh, when Jordan Howard was injured. So, all right. Mm-hmm. But this one, what could help slash hurt their value in the off season? Um Well, off season's pretty much over here minus the draft. So I'm only going to kind of answer this because Singletary, because I think the other two are solid. Um, I don't see their roles changing much. Maybe the Eagles could draft somebody? I don't think so. But Singletary, yeah, does, does, the single, does Singletary get competition? I think that's kind of the main part there for me. I don't know yep. about you guys.
1: I think he does. But they, yeah. they wanted a running back even in free agency. And they are definitely going to draft maybe AJ Dillon. Yeah, I think Dillon. he would be the perfect complement to Singletary.
0: Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, if they want to go early too. Like uh, go earlier, I think he's
1: going to the Ravens, man. <laughs>
0: You want to show us what jersey that is?
2: Yes. (laughs) But, yeah, Um, I I don't think they go running back early. I think that they mm -hmm. definitely go for one late, but I don't think they go one early. And so I Mm -hmm. think that he's still going to be that clear lead back, Mm
0: -hmm. but
2: he could certainly have a little bit of competition for touches.
0: All right definitely next question here. We have oh, a lot of AJ Brown questions here. Uh, definitely, probably one yeah. of the most polarizing. figure I didn't realize how polarizing he'd be. He Put up a thousand yards his rookie year. Most of those guys who've done that have been great fantasy for their career, but
1: I don't think he's polarizing. I think he's just very, very hyped, and people are just mm-hmm. scared. Do we should we pay that much, you know, okay. price?
0: Yep. So DL Thomas Tufsvolf once again asks on Twitter, <laughs> "Will AJ Brown regress? Y- yes, in efficiency." the volume will go up. So I hope, I hope partially cuz I I love AJ Brown so much, but I also do think that they'll kind of offset each other enough to the point where I'm okay with having him my top 12 dynasty wide receivers, especially cuz he is only 22-23. That's so young and he's already put up 1000 yards.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I the stats you
1: will be similar. Oh, go ahead, Trenton.
2: I agree with you on the efficiency part, like for the yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also agree with the touchdowns. I always am bringing up those touchdowns, uh, those scores per touch and stuff. And he had almost 10 touchdowns last season on uh, just under 60 touches. That's not sustainable. Yeah, no. He's not, he's not going to score that much again with that few touches. He could get more, but I still don't think he gets quite that much. And his averages are definitely going down.
0: What about Yusinan?
2: Yeah, I Yeah, same.
1: I have nothing to add. I think his efficiency goes down. The volume will go up, obviously. And I think the stats will be similar. And since uh, the wide receivers were down last year, I think ultimately in the rankings, he might go down. Mm-hmm. But the stats will be similar.
0: Here's the thing I think people are confusing with Brown. Brown isn't just based off of that, like, that ranking, wherever people are putting him. I've seen him go over Mike Evans. That's a little controversial. I get that. But, like, uh, like the reason why he's going so high is also because he's twenty, like 22, 23 and just put up 1,000 yards as a rookie. Like, that's where part of the value comes in. Knowing that even if the production is going to be lower than some of those counterparts being drafted there, it's the fact that you're going to have him for an extra two to three years, depending on the age we're comparing him with players. Maybe even, like, a Julio. If Julio someone someone's drafted Julio early in Dynasty, right? A.J. Brown might have, like, seven or eight more years than Julio in his like, for your fantasy team. So, that's what part of the value
1: he fits that mold. You know, but McLaurin mm-hmm. also got 1,000 yards, I think. McLaurin
0: did but not he get 1,000 yards. He, he got 800.
1: Not, was... Oh, really? That was really 800. It
0: might
1: have been but... 900, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. that was close. But uh, he he's not built like, you know, to someone, someone who can become a stud, like Michael Thomas or Julio. But A.J. Brown is. And that's why, th- that is the difference between him and others. All
0: right, mm-hmm. moving on here. Really good friend out of the podcast. been on a couple times. Um, question from at your Trust here board on Twitter. They do great mock drafts. Check them out. Who would you rather trade for? AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, or DBO Samuel?
1: I'll go first. I think I'll trade for DK Metcalf. I think he's much cheaper than AJ Brown. AJ Brown. And I, I think his ceiling is as... Good or if not better than AJ mm-hmm. Brown because he has the better quarterback, and uh, their volume. Even if it stays the same, they don't have any more weapons, and their running backs are also not great as great as Derek Henry that they can run over the opponents at will. So for those reason, I
2: think I will go DK. Mm-hmm. And uh, I agree with you. I go DK Metcalf. But you look you look at throughout the season. Uh, A.J. Brown put up obviously put up a little bit better numbers on the season, um, but he also had a lot. He had a lot more opportunity. He was the wide receiver one, whereas DK Metcalf Metcalf was the second option to Tyler Lockett. So I feel like once Tyler Lockett, if they move on from Tyler Lockett, or even DK Metcalf takes, takes over as the wide receiver one, I feel like he's going to start dominating, and he has that higher upside. And like Sonat said, you can get him cheaper right now trade price
0: yeah definitely a great point there um for me you guys kind of said everything i was going to say i was going to say dk too i think he's the blend between debo could have competition maybe they draft a henry rug cd lamb jerry judy that hurt debo a lot um, and then h.a Brown just really expensive so i'd rather have that middle option with the highest ceiling of the three speaking mm-hmm. of kind of high ceiling here um just quick answer here we already talked about both these guys here who would you rather who do you have being better Down the road five years from now, D.K. Metcalf or A.J. Brown? I'm still going to go A.J. Brown.
1: I'll go Metcalf again. I think Mm -hmm. he's tied to the best quarterback in the league almost. And uh, that will not change because of the rookie deal. And I'm not sure what will happen in Tennessee with the quarterback situation. Mm -hmm. So that's why.
2: Yeah, agreed on that, and also what I said earlier, I feel like he has that higher upside once he takes over Is the top option.
0: Okay, I'm in the minority. That's cool, that's cool. <laughs> Question from Dergirat, or Nick, great friend of ours, uh, and a couple of leagues with us here on Sleeper. How far into the future should I look when making trades? And I came up with an example that he proved up. For example, does a player like AJ Brown being four years younger than Kenny Galladay, kind of like how much does that matter for you guys?
1: For me, uh, it's always one year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just look uh, at players like stocks. I, I want to buy players who are cheaper, whose values will go up, and sell players whose value will go down. I don't look so much into the future because I keep trading and churning those uh, rosters all the time. That's my philosophy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for trades and values, certainly look like short term like one year but if you want to look as far in the future as you can don't go past five years most dynasty leagues don't last that long as is like I I was in a few leagues this year like three leagues that were startups and got taken down after one year because people left. So a lot of those leagues won't even make it that long. Um and also if you aren't contending within the first five years if you don't have a contending team why are you even trying anymore? So, I mean, unless you have a long-term plan, then there's really no point. But, yeah, at most, look at five years in the future. That's the furthest you want to look.
0: That's kind of bold for me, too. I can't mind three years. That's where I look. I'm kind of surprised by the silence one year. I feel like that's a little too less for me and trends too much. So I'm the happy medium here, kind of the balance of life, right? For three years, so this A.J. Brown, like four years. Actually, this was kind of a trade I made. Um, in a league, I just did a one for one swap, and I think those two players are still close in value, right? But for me, it's kind of like um I do think those three years kind of matter, especially if you have a team with a lot of rookie picks that might peak later. Having that player a few years younger who will also hit their peak later might help your ceiling, and we want ceilings here in dynasty fantasy football. So, moving on here, um, I've already kind of talked about this here, but we have a question from Del Thomas 1212 again on Twitter is Tom Brady good or bad for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin I'll start it off Mike Evans probably down a little bit I won't be as much as people like Trenton for example Trenton was pretty worried about Mike Evans I don't think it's gonna be that bad but I also don't think Chris Godwin will be as high as people think just because Tom Brady as much as he likes to slot wide receiver Chris Godwin had an insane year already how much higher can he go than that and he, Chris Godwin, for like being an intermediate short range type of guy, he, he was like ninth in the NFL in deep targets. So it wasn't like he was just the intermediate short range. Like he was being thrown to a lot on deep targets. So in those air yards, those deep targets are like really sticky stats. So I could see in the touchdown efficiency, like Chris Godwin, I think will more stay the same. But I, I think it's, it's more of like a neutral move, like at its ceiling. I hope that makes sense.
1: For me, I think um, whatever happens, I think uh, it will hurt or I think it will hurt a little for both of them Mm, because that that kind of volume they are not getting with Brady Uh, because Winston threw four touchdowns to the other team and then he had to make it up for his own team. So he used to throw just throw around. And uh, when when people talk about Brady targeting the uh, slot receivers so much, tell me which other receiver was there in new england who was worth so many targets uh, who was going deep they did not have anyone so of course he he will throw to his trusted guys in edelman all the time and the running backs but that's different in tampa they have two very good receivers and if he is getting time in the pocket and mike evans is open he will throw to mike evans his arm strength has not gone down it's just that he he only throws to the open receivers whoever gets open he will throw to them so i i I'm not down on Evans. If someone is, I'm buying Evans
2: mm. yeah, you all heard my take earlier, okay. I'm not gonna yeah. full on repeat myself, but
0: yeah, yeah. good mm. for
2: Godwin, bad for Evans, in my opinion.
0: All right, awesome. Next question here from also friend of the podcast, j k. D. Halo, also known as Jared on Sleeper, asked so for first, and I think only question here I have here that's not fantasy football related. What do you guys think about the NFC South with Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay and Teddy Bridgewater going to Carolina? Who will make the playoffs and who will disappoint? What do you think, Ryan?
2: Playoffs will be the Saints, uh, maybe the Buccaneers, but I think the Buccaneers will disappoint because their projections after adding Brady flew up from... uh, How many games did they win last season? Like, seven? Six, seven, yeah, seven. Six or seven, yeah. So, I mean... Adding one player, no matter how good it is, the difference between Jameis Winston's value and Brady's value, there's definitely a difference, and it's a decent difference, but it's not massive. So he, he, just adding Brady alone is not going to add five, six wins on their total, which they're getting projected by some sources already as being like a 12, 13-win team. Just adding that one thing without adding many other pieces elsewhere is not going to be that huge for them
0: i think they're a wild card team uh the buccaneers there i do think the saints won the division but honestly i think i disagree with you there and it's not just because i'm wearing a tom brady jersey it's because like like statistically like the numbers short like Jameis once and tom brady are pretty close even Jameis was probably better minus the interceptions and maybe the fumbles right but Tom Brady won't lose you many games. Jameis Winston will lose you every game, right? I feel like when you play Jameis, it's like ticking against the clock for when he'll, like, screw up the whole game and throw like yeah. three picks. Tom Brady will, like, win you games. So that's why I see them kind of making the playoffs. I feel like they grab a running back so they have a better run game. Their offensive line is still kind of questionable. Their defense always showed potential. I think, I think with Tom Brady, it lets them – other than maybe like a running back or an offensive lineman not really need to take offense so they can invest in defense again and Bruce Arians is a pretty good coach and Tom Brady just brings a culture I think Tampa Bay has been missing a culture and the playoffs have one more extra spot too remember it's because of the new format so I could even see Atlanta kind of sneaking in too if they can get their defense right but I, I do think the Bucks mm-hmm. make the playoffs maybe nine and seven I think ten and six that could be good enough to make the playoffs with this, new, this new format
1: I believe they are at least winning eleven games, oh. um yeah, and I think the you remember what happened with Chargers and Chiefs a couple of years ago when they both were you know trying to win the division and it came down to week sixteen seventeen. Mm-hmm. I think that might be the case between them and Saints. uh, I think their defensive coordinator is excellent, and uh, that's why the defense will play very well, and Brady is not going to lose you games, as Dylan said, yeah. and they might even win the division. That's what I believe
0: don't sleep on tb12 what can i say uh Car- carolina i think will be the worst team in the division though i think they're number yeah, pick. I'll, we didn't I'll, talk about I'll, carolina though. i just yeah. wanted to throw that out there question from taco enabler two here on reddit interesting question why are certain people in a league or in like any league here kind of like opposed to trading i get where he's coming from i mean i've run into leagues where they just don't want to trade at all or like they're just inactive. Well, at one if they're inactive they should probably be Kicked unless there's a real life reason, right? I wouldn't want to be in a league with a lot of inactive people. I might have to leave a league or two that I still haven't left. Probably should leave before the draft just because they're not active, right? Activity is really important in a league. But something I feel like people need to keep in mind is realist, kind of like realism here. It's the fact that most of the time, unless they're taking over like um, an abandoned roster or taking over for a roster, right? They drafted their team. They have emotional values in these players, right? You don't, you don't just draft the player you don't like. Like, I talked about how I was lower on Eckler. I'm not going to have Eckler in many leagues, right? Like, you draft player. I'm going to have players I like, like Juju or like AJ Brown or like Joe Mixon. You know what I mean? Saquon, right? I mean, those are big names, but you know what I mean? And maybe a second part to this is kind of look yourself in the mirror. Are you kind of sending like unfair offers? Are they interested? Or Are you just trying to, um, you know, really like win the trade badly? You got to make it fair.
2: Mm-hmm
1: yeah that was cute listening the fair talk from you Dylan. but,
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah well, i agree with some you. people
0: here
1: i think some of the uh, players are just very scared that you know they are not being taken advantage of and if they don't have like very good knowledge about the player values they might just you know prefer not to uh, trade at all instead of losing mm-hmm. a trade very bad down the road that might be
2: one of the reasons yeah I, th- I think that the one thing that most people fail to do in leagues which causes people to not want to trade they don't get to know their their league mates you need to go out there and like open up chats with them talk to them talk fantasy with them ask them trade advice
0: Buy them get a coffee. them
2: comfortable with you get them comfortable with you if they aren't comfortable with you they're less likely to deal with you and So, yeah, you have, you have to get them comfortable. You have to work on who they like, who they don't like, and then work from that list of players.
1: And then rip them.
0: Yes. That's all I <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that was fantasy football trade advice or dating advice here from uh, Doctors Docter's <laughs> Robert's. <But> yeah. <laughs> get them comfortable. And then pull out the trade rape. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Moving on here. We're not talking trade rape here with this next question. Question from Little Oregon, Big M on Reddit. I'd like to hear discussion about trade etiquette, such as making the initial offer, negotiation, when to give up, time to respond to an offer, and how many offers are too much for the same player? So, I mean, Love Doctor. I mean, you seem to be pretty good at this whole trade etiquette thing. I
2: I feel like I just covered most of that, but I'll... (laughs) talk on the last few points uh you want to respond to the offer you don't want to let it sit for like a couple days i mean if you whenever i get an offer that i really don't like and i don't want to counter offer or anything i leave it i just leave it and let it keep sitting there and so until they eventually take it down or maybe i decline it like a week later that's how they know that i don't want to do anything but if you really want to deal with somebody get it within a day figure that out Yes, I know. I, it sounds kind of mean. You can shut up. But, uh... <laughs> um, left them on a return is are... the
0: type of guy to leave a girl on a No ride, one even bro. spoke. Dude... You were
1: <laughs> the one speaking and telling others to shut up.
0: <laughs> Dude, you're no. the type of guy to leave someone on read. <laughs> you're telling to leave a on... I'm a guy. No. I get left and on run all the time. That is the worst thing you can do. <laughs> get out of here.
2: <laughs> hey, I have a girl. I'm fine. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how many offers are this? How how many offers are too many offers? Did you say for the same player? <laughs> um, Ask know, if you get if if I get like <laughs> five or six offers for one player without me counter offering, it's kind of questionable at that point. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: know? I would
2: I would like to add that uh,
1: you know when you want to trade for a player, look at that uh, look at the trade partner, look at his mm-hmm. team see what sure. uh, what areas he needs help don't don't look for a trade just to benefit you make sure that mm-hmm. it benefits their team suppose you want a receiver and you look at the team and they they really need running backs even if you are short at running back maybe you downgrade downgrade your running back and upgrade your receiver something like that make it a mm-hmm. you know make it a habit that you also think about their team and not just yours wow well,
2: i'm going have, off of that <laughs> yeah. That goes back to getting to know the person. I mean, once you get to know them, you talk about like who they like on their team, who they don't like on their team, mm. who they like on your team. That can get you t- little pieces here and there to put together a deal that they like and you like that benefits both sides.
1: Yeah. For example, if I have AJ Dillon next year, sometimes, but, you know. I'm going to sell AJ Dillon to Trenton for like four first round picks.
0: Yeah, like, Done. you can you take my <laughs> Chase Claypool, bro. Like, all yours. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, um, no, no, yeah but, but great point, Trenton. Yeah, great point. For I me, it's, a, it's like a few things here for me. One, I kind of prefer to, like, go into the DMs, and I kind of ask, you know, like, what players are you interested in on my team? Like, let's not waste our time. Like, here's some of the players I like on your team, and I kind of want this player. Who do you kind of like on my team? And normally, they'll be like, if I want someone, like, Deontay Johnson to be like, oh, I like OBJ. I'm like, don't do that. Don't be that guy. That's going to be a waste of time. But one of the things I hate the most, my biggest pet peeve, um, Justin isn't here tonight, but he is the worst at this, is don't downsell my, my players. Don't you dare go into my DMs <laughs> and then be like, oh, Miles Sanders. Oh, he's going to be in the committee. Oh, my God. Like, he isn't that good. He's so raw. Like, people like, why the hell do you want him, bro? Why do you want yeah. him? Yeah. And then, and then, okay. And then I try to like hype up Miles Sanders. Like, oh, Miles Sanders, he is this, he is that. He is, you know what I mean? Like, if you can downsell your player, I can hype up my player to like Infinity and beyond. Call me Buzz Lightyear. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, don't yeah. hold the double standards, of my point. Try to like think about the other person. So don't come into a trade bashing Someone, because one that gives them the leverage and two don't get mad at them especially don't get mad at them if you want to like bash their player and then they try to like talk about the player they and you obviously like it if you're trying to buy them so just be fair i think i think that's good advice i mean sorry it went up up a infinity beyond but our next question here um a few more questions left here thank you guys so much for listening so far we have a question here from camo21dogs on reddit Will on Johnson ever finishes as an RB1 like we thought he could be? answer is no.
1: No, I don't believe in the Lions.
0: Just... No, I, I really like him. I don't like I don't him know. too, but it's the injuries. Um, Trans okay, cameras passing dad. out. And <laughs> it's, it's the injuries in Matt Patricia. I mean, maybe if Patricia's gone, I could see it. But I feel like they also want to bring in competition. They're interested in Drake. I heard some rumblings yeah. about Melvin Gordon. Maybe they draft like a DeAndre Swift or one of these backs. I, I just, I just, be. it's, it's his health mm-hmm. too. It's like he could still be good, but I don't know. Would you guys rather have him or like Darius Geis or darrell Henderson? Rank those three quickly.
1: Carry on, Geis Henderson.
0: For me, I mm-hmm. think it's Geis and mm-hmm. Hen- Geis Johnson Henderson. It's a little bit different, but I think all three of those players mm-hmm. are close. So, how about you? I'll, i
2: I'll say it's definitely possible that he could. That's true. He could be in that top 12. Mm-hmm. But the question the question is, he has he has the talent, but will he have the health? Because he's he's gets injured a decent bit. And also there's a ton of other new young talent around the league that just got injected the past few years, so even more mm-hmm. this year. So you got a lot of names that could be in that top 12. So there's a huge list. I I'd say there are twenty 24, 25 guys, running backs in the league that could finish as a RB one in any given year, and it could be easily them finishing in the, the RB one category. But there's so many guys in that lit on that list that it's questionable with his health and everything else that he even gets there.
0: Yeah, I think it's really well said. I don't want to say like no, like it's impossible, but it's like less than like two uh, percent Yeah, yes. exactly. It's like he I, I wouldn't awesome. bet on that, but I already talked about Austin Eckler here, so I'll kind of open it up to you guys here, but question from uh, Kepert14 here on Sleeper. Thoughts on Austin Eckler, buy, sell, or hold? I
1: used, You just stole my answer. Yeah. I was going to tell you that. Don't digress and talk about players that we have to talk later. So, yeah, but I totally agree with whatever you said earlier. I'm selling too. I disagree.
2: I either hold or I buy because... I mean, look at, look at that volume in the first quarter of the season when Melvin Gordon was gone. He was the RB1 over the first four weeks. He was the RB1. He was getting insane volume. Melvin Gordon came back, and they tried to limit him, and they tried to work him both in say, hey, Melvin Gordon's back. It's his show. No, it wasn't. Eckler came out, and in those games that Gordon came back, he still proved that he was going to be the lead back. And then even in a more of a committee role, he still put up fantasy weeks where he went to... F- 20 20 plus fantasy points a few times. So even if they do bring in a back, I don't think that they're gonna bring in a back, even that splits the workload as much as Melvin Gordon from him. So his workload's definitely going to increase and the volume will increase. He may not be that huge, huge guy like he was over the first four weeks, but he'll definitely have a lot of value still.
1: Yeah, should two finish points. There.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Go ahead. Two points there. One quarterback change. Uh Rivers just check downs to running backs a lot. The second thing is that their O-line has improved. And you know that check downs increase if the O-line is bad because the quarterback doesn't have the time for the wide receivers to dev- develop the
2: routes. And that will happen more this year. See, counterpoint. I already made one. Okay. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Rookie quarterbacks. They're, they're likely going to bring in a rookie quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to bring in Tua or Justin Herbert. Maybe Jordan Love. I highly doubt it. But any of those guys, when you get a rookie quarterback, they don't, in their first year, they don't look outside as often. They don't look at the wide receivers as often. They look at the tight ends and they look at the running backs because they want to get acclimated. So his volume in the passing game is still going to be there and it's still going to be great. That offense is going to be similar. So it's still going to have a lot of volume. And I think that you you mentioned that the uh, O-line got better. So that might drop his volume in the passing game. If anything, that helps him in the running game too. So his running volume will go up and his uh, averages will go up in the running game. And even if it drops a little bit in the passing game, he'll make up for it in the running game. Okay.
0: Okay, yeah, definitely. I get where you're coming from, but I also think Tyra Taylor and Phillip Rivers are two completely different like systems. Like The offense offensive is going to get worse. Even with a rookie, like you have really high expectations for rookie quarterbacks. Like even Kyler Murray, I remember you guys were so confident about him throwing for over four thousand yards, he threw for like thirty five hundred, and he was really good. He won Offensive Rookie of the Year. So I don't know. I'm not I, as lofty. I have as a follow
1: up question though.
0: Yeah.
1: Eckler yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: Ek- or Drake in Dynasty? Drake. Trenton, I go Drake too. Uh, same tier.
0: Okay. There you go, can go for... Let's move there on. You you I can go either way. Yeah. Okay. I mean, question from PM. I'm an Eckler truther now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> question from PMC. Ready? I'm gonna guess that is redraft value. Mm-hmm. Redraft here, so important for running backs such as David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell. I don't mind Bell as like my running back, or even DJ as like my running back, like four if they're there. But otherwise, mm-hmm. I don't like older running backs because I like shooting for upside.
1: And in Mm -hmm. redraft, I'm taking um, DJ over Bell.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Mm -hmm. both of them are going to have a lot of volume. I feel like Bell's O-line improved, but um, Adam Gase.
2: Yeah, I know. They'll both go in the first five rounds uh, at minimum. But like you said, you look for those upside players. You look Mm -hmm. for the younger players, Mm -hmm. even in redraft, just because they have that higher upside and potential. You know what you're getting with these guys it's not going to be spectacular but they're the type of guys like if you have a rb1 that you know could blow up and could also underperform you want that rb2 or rb3 that could come in and give you a consistent production that those are the guys you look at
0: okay awesome um question here for front of the show titans fan one three one on sleeper. What do you guys see happening with the Seattle backfield? Rashad Penny towards ACL, uh Chris Carson recovering from a hip injury, I believe. And then you have um what do you kind of do with those two? And um or do you think they draft somebody else? How do we kind of break yes. down this backfield? Let's start off with the I, uh kind of have half half <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: I think they they will definitely draft a running back yeah. because they were they were looking to add a running back in free agency. And uh, they could not do that. so uh, and Carson is a free agent next year, I yep. think.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So
1: I I'm, I'm not I don't think they will sign him uh, uh, to a contract after that. And then they will bring a younger running back this year, you know, and uh, those two are injured, They've, they'll not be sure if they'll be back uh, to health in the time uh, for the mm-hmm. season. So I, I don't <laughs> see, I think Carson's value will go much down after this year. And Penny's value is also not that great. I would sell Carson see, for sure.
2: So You bring up good points, and you kind of squashed my points, and now I'm rethinking it all. But uh,
0: Come I'll to just the say what side. I had
2: initially. I think <laughs> that Chris Carson is still going to be the lead back, and that uh, Rashad Penny is going to be that change of pace get back. I don't see them really going after a running back in the draft, unless it's a later round running back because they have two guys that could, both those guys can perform as the top option. So, and they have other holes elsewhere that they're going to need to fill in the earlier. So I think that they don't go running back early and therefore their value remains the same. But you also did say that he could be gone after the year. So that's concerning. But for this year only, I think it's, you love those contract year players. You always want to go after those contract year players if you can, because they almost always perform really well in their contract years just to get a better contract. They they do their they play to the best they can.
0: Yeah, maybe in redraft, but then you look at Melvin Gordon, how'd he do? Yeah. Look at Le'Veon Bell, all oh wait, he was sitting out the whole year.
2: And look
1: at the running back talent that is coming in the league.
0: You yeah. think they will get a, yeah. another
1: job after this? This year is great. Next year is also good. I mm. many many people will lose jobs, so I'm I'm staying away with from you know uh, talents who are in their final year, who are not elite, not Joe Mixon or CMC, but who Dalvin are not Cook. elite. Yeah. And Dalvin Cook and game game. but uh, apart from them, I am trying to you know move them whenever I can.
0: I think yeah, it's, I, I I Seattle's so... also like a best player available team too. That's what I think matters too, because some of these running backs yes. might slip, so it comes to that. I think that's, that's why they make grab one And they are also,
1: you know, best player for opportunity. They don't care who, who you are, where you are taken. If you are the best on the team, you get the opportunity.
2: Yeah. I still think, though, that Chris Carson is a really good back. He's not going to catch a lot of passes, but he's a really good grinded out back. And he'll get volume on any team. As long as he doesn't go in as a backup option, on most any team in the league, he'll get enough volume to still be at least an rb4 after this year
0: he was a 6th round pick too i would be ex- ex- shocked Seven, if they signed him 7th yeah maybe even be 7th mm. 7th 6th round pick yeah. late mm-hmm. i think it's 7th yeah i'd be surprised if they signed a 7th round pick to a long contract especially a running back with the same oh, yeah. day mm-hmm. but final question here from Seatown ball who's friend of the show also it hasn't been on yet though unfortunately maybe one day we'll see um where do you guys value julio jones what would you do if you have him if you don't have him are you looking to acquire him no, I do not want to acquire him. He is my dynasty wide receiver seventeen. Um, I'd rather sell earlier on him than wait try and try to sell him to me earlier for Leonard Fournette in a .5, 12 team dynasty PPR league. I said, get out of town. I'm good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not selling Julio because you are not going to get the value that Julio deserves right That's now. True. And I'm not mm-hmm. buying either. Uh, if I have him, I'm riding him out. And if I don't have him uh, and I'm a contender, maybe I'll try to buy. If someone uh, like uh, Dylan who wants to sell him bad, I might get a good deal. But uh, I'm I'm not selling him because he's, no one respects his value right now, honestly. It's very mm. sad
0: to see. Yeah, I can't sell him, by the way, because I've already sold him if I had him. Because I knew, I knew this was going to happen with the age thing. So I tried to sell him as quickly as I could. Like last, but he's elite
1: man he i think elite. he still has two two to three years if you are contenders he fair. will help you a ton
0: but he is better in like like he's not like a bad fantasy asset but like he's also better in real life than he is in fantasy he's one of those types i think
1: crazy he he has been he is, top five he, for the for the past five he, years man he's he been the top best five wide receiver.
0: real life wide receiver but that does not mean he's the best fantasy, fantasy wide receiver i'm talking no, no about fantasy what, no matter what my point's true because he's the best real life wide receiver and he's not the best fantasy wide receiver he's not the why? number one you have julio jones your number one dynasty wide receiver
1: no no exactly No,
0: the... there's my point I'm... thank you
1: dude let me speak man
0: i'm just, I'm just saying, saying I'm that he, saying... he has been mm-hmm. he has
1: he has been the top five wide receiver for the past six years why is he not good at
0: fantasy in fantasy I said he's better in real life. You can still be good. Like, true, right? You're saying
1: he's not good in fantasy.
0: No, I'm not That's saying not he's true. not good. I'm saying he's better in real life than he is at fantasy. Listen, I can be dumber than Albert Einstein, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm dumb. Albert Einstein's that number one guy, right? I, I could still be a pretty smart 4.8 in high school. You know, what oh can I say? Gosh.
2: My God. Not I feel like I'm in a room... Real... I feel like I'm in a room with Colin Cowherd and Stephen A. Smith just going at it.
0: <laughs> Can I be the Stephen A. Smith burner account? I'd rather be the burner than the main.
2: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so not and you took the words right out of my mouth. He still has two to three elite, elite years left in in him, but he is definitely older, and you don't want to buy somebody that's older. You definitely don't buy somebody that's older. Uh, so, you and you don't get the value, like you said. So, you're definitely going to want to hold him and hope that you're contending. If you're not contending, see if you can sell him to a contender that I could use him for the next few years, get decent value. But if you're contending, you're Not going to buy him or sell him because he won't be that long-term asset.
1: And if you are selling, sell in season because at that Mm -hmm. time people will see what he is doing and his value will rise. During off season, everyone just looks at the age. Everyone Mm -hmm. forgets the stats from the past years.
0: That's true. Definitely best to sell veterans in season. I agree with that. But I think that's all the questions. Thank you so much to everybody for submitting questions, we appreciate it. We'll probably do another one of these probably after the drop, maybe before the regular season starts. So if you guys enjoy it, please leave a like. It lets us know that you guys like this type of content. Likes are really important for us because, for example, our mock drafts do very well, so we know we need to do more of those soon. But with that being said, we're all out of time here. Thank you guys so much. I'll let the outro take us out and have a fantastic rest of your day, rest of your night, listeners, viewers, no matter who you are. I hope you stay safe, keep your social distance, and just wash your hands.
1: And shout out to the players from my league, uh, Titans, Philly, and uh, Creedy, and uh, who was it? That's all. And Chalupa.
0: Mm.
2: And thank you, mom and dad.
0: Thank mom you, everyone. To the questions me. Mom and dad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> are are you getting any Nobel Prize here?
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> thank we <laughs> you, people. All right. Have have a, have a great one, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Feel free to leave feedback, subscribe, or check out our previous content. And remember, have a fantastic rest of your day.